And this is a message that the Lord has put in my heart for just quite some time now at this point and really has put it, put it on pause until this opportunity that we get tonight to open up His Word and really learn about the goodness of the shepherd. The goodness of the shepherd. That's the title of today's message. If you like taking notes, the goodness of the shepherd, we know that the Lord is our shepherd. And before we go into the message tonight, we realize that we will not be gathering in person anymore, but our shepherd will still keep leading us. We know that this virus will pass away, but the Word of God and the goodness of God will not pass away. His Word says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now we know this, that throughout this time that we're living in of uncertainty and of fear, we need to really pray as Christians, as believers, as disciples, that this would be a reason for revival, a reason for evangelism, a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus, that we'd be able to communicate that to others, that we'd be able to, to proclaim that and to preach that and to share that with other people. Because we are living in critical times, but these times are opportune times for the believer to be an example, to share the reason for the hope that we have in Jesus. But this, what also this does and what it's going to teach us through Psalms 23 is that trusting God is not an option. You see, a lot of times we ask the Lord, Lord, increase my faith, and the Lord puts us in positions where our faith is stretched. But here we learn, today we learn, this week we learn, throughout this time we learn, in the culture, in the world we live, we learn that trusting God is not an option. In fact, we're learning now what it means to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because here David is going to demonstrate a lot of confidence in the Lord. He's going to demonstrate comfort in the Lord. He's going to demonstrate his convictions in the Lord. Because he is a man that is satisfied fully in the Lord. And he's resting in the peace of God. I don't want to ask you today, are you resting in the peace of God? Because by this time when David wrote this, wrote this Psalms, he was already probably a king. He had experience being a shepherd. He knew what it was to be in the sheepfold. He understood the occupation of what it was to be a shepherd and the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. But, but the reason that he really now gives us this Psalm and what we learn from him in this Psalm is what it means to quiet your heart in the Lord. I want to ask you today, is your heart quiet before the Lord? When you think about it, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you have the mind of Christ or you have perfect peace? In Isaiah 26 verse 3, the, the, the prophet tells us this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Is your mind on the Lord that you can trust Him, that you would have the perfect peace of God, the peace that David is going to talk about here in Psalms 23? Because during these times, it is too easy to become impulsive. It's too easy to start striving. It's too easy to get, become emotional. And all that leads us to is to be frustrated and disappointed and really it makes us tired and restless now. But I want you to know today you're either striving or you're resting in the peace 
of God. You are either striving or you're resting in the priests of God. And really what striving does, it, it robs you from the presence of the shepherd. It robs you from the presence of God. The worst thing to do is try to get your way. Because there's no striving in the presence of the shepherd. Do you want to strive today or do you want to wait on the Lord? Would you rather wait on Him so that you can hear Him speak to you? Because it was intimate fellowship with God that made David a psalmist. That made David a worshiper. Before he was a king, he was a worshiper. Before he wore that crown, he held a staff and he knew what it was to meditate with the Lord. He knew what it meant to have a shepherd. And his singular focus at this point in his life is the shepherd. What is your focus tonight, church, as you've come this Wednesday night to church? Is your singular focus the shepherd? Because the shepherd will meet every one of our needs. The shepherd has your best interest in mind. Did you know that when you read this Psalms, we read it so many times, but it's the fruit of private prayer. And we learn that God wants you alone to Himself, to prayer, to fellowship when we read this psalm, when we read this song, but it's a prayer now coming from the heart of the shepherd. Because we know that the shepherd takes great care of his people with his gentle nature, and that's how he wants to take care of us tonight. What does he do, the shepherd? He protects, he provides, he takes care of the sheep. He leads them, he guides them, he watches over his people. In chapter 1, it starts, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the theme of the song. And then the rest of the psalm develops on one theme, on one verse. The rest of the psalm unfolds on one verse. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, just imagine if that was the theme now of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the rest of the psalm unfolds on the goodness of the shepherd. The description of the Lord. That He meets all of our needs. And then the rest of the psalm unfolds on the Lord, the shepherd, extending mercy to us in time of need. Why do we go to Psalms 23, verse 1, and let's start reading in regards to the shepherd. Psalms 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can we pray together? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We thank You, God, because You are the shepherd. And we ask, sir, that we would realize that our entire life should unfold as a Christian, as Your flock. It should unfold on that theme, the Lord is my shepherd. That in these times of fear and uncertainty, when we see panic taking place, that our mind would be resting on the single fact that the Lord is my shepherd. 
Then when we become anxious and fearful and we, we become impulsive, Lord, and we start to strive, Lord, that we would remember that one thing, the Lord is my shepherd. Do that to us, Lord. I pray that you would quiet our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. You see, in, from verse 1, we learn that the Lord is my shepherd. From verse 2 through 4, we learn the shepherd who leads me. And then from verse 5 and 6, we learn the goodness of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, the shepherd who leads me, and the goodness of the shepherd, if you like taking notes. Now in verse 1, it says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, when we read this psalms, we know that this is a very well-known psalms. And really what it does for us, it is God's self-revealing name to us as His church. This is God's name that He now is revealing Himself through this nature. The Lord is my shepherd. In Hebrew, this is called, or this is the name of the Lord, Jehovah Roy. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Roy. But notice how he starts off here this psalm by saying, The Lord. Can everyone say, The Lord. It's so awesome that he starts off saying the Lord because Lord means master. The Lord means that he has possession over my life. The Lord means that I am his servant now. And the reason why I want to talk about this, the Lord, is because if you haven't made him Lord, he can never be your shepherd. There's a lot of times that we want the Lord to lead us, but we haven't made him Lord and a master of our lives. And here we're going to see the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep here. The shepherd and the sheep, Jehovah Roy. The Lord, the master, the master shepherd now. But he says here is. You see, you know that is is such an important here word when we read the Lord is my shepherd. Is speaks of an active present tense form. Is. It means right now. Active present tense form Jehovah Roy right now he is my shepherd it does not matter the circumstance it does not matter the situation every moment every season he is my shepherd he didn't say he was my shepherd he will be my shepherd he's saying presently actively currently Jehovah Roy he is my shepherd And this is so awesome that we can thank the Lord because our surroundings may change, but your shepherd will never change. He will never change. And then he says, my. Well, why is this important? Because he's saying, he is so personal to me. My shepherd. It's intimate. It means something to me. The Lord, Jehovah Roy, actively, presently, right now, in my current situation, He is my possessive shepherd. He is a shepherd who protects me, who provides for me. He is a shepherd that is there leading me. In John 10, verse 11, we know the nature of Christ. The Lord says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives His life for the sheep. Isn't it amazing to know that that is the ministry of our great shepherd? I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And it's so awesome when we think about the Lord being our shepherd. Many of us have seen those pictures of, of, of Jesus portrayed now with the little lamb and the sheep carrying it and smiling and carrying it on his shoulders and taking it to the next place. When the 
lamb and the sheep is weak and is lost. You see, this is so important because that's the way the Lord carries us from every season of our life. And I want you to know, as you came in today, maybe you have some questions that are not answered. Maybe you're watching online right now and there's an uncertainty and a little bit of fear in your heart because you don't understand as you're looking at the current events in the world, you can know for sure that the Lord is carrying you every season of your life. In fact, in Psalm 78 verse 52, David says, But he made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Well, isn't this amazing that the Lord made His people go forth like sheep and He guided them like a flock. He carried them and He guided them like a flock in the wilderness. And there are times that we are going to go through the wilderness. It's not, it's not if you will go through the wilderness. It's when you go through the wilderness. Who's going to be leading you? Where will you get your leadership from? Leadership is important. But what's important more than that is where you receive it from. You see, our best leadership, as much as we should be praying for our president, our country, and our, and our government, the best leadership that we can receive from is the Lord, is my shepherd, Jehovah Roy. Do you see here the ministry of the shepherd that he protects, that he provides, that he carries us even in the wilderness from place to place and from season to season? In fact, we have so much to look forward to that in this season, the Lord is going to carry the church from one season to another. Amen. Let's read here the next verse because it says, I shall not want. Now, I want you to underline that in your Bible, please. <laughs> and I don't think I need a lot to explain that so, so much. Because as we see today in our time, in our culture, in our society, everybody wants. And if you don't believe me, just go to Costco. He says, I shall not want. You know what he's saying here? I shall not lack nothing. The shepherd, Jehovah Roy, is my shepherd. He meets all of my needs. There are three major needs that the shepherd meets for you. And I want you to remember these tonight. He meets your emotional needs. He meets your physical needs. And most importantly, he meets your spiritual needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, what he's saying is, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Well, just think about that. As long as I have the shepherd, I have everything that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Think about this. He does what's best for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. He does what's best for his sheep. I'm going to ask you tonight, what need do you have that the shepherd can't meet? There is no need that me and you have today that we can bring to the shepherd that he cannot meet. He can meet every single one of your needs. There is nothing that we have that we can bring to the Lord that he cannot meet. In Psalms 34, verse 9, from verse 9 and 10, David says, O fear the Lord, you saints, there is no want. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. What are we seeking today? Are we seeking to have all our spiritual needs be met? Because it says those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Shall lack nothing. There is no, there is no want for those who fear Him. 
You see, there's no problem. There, there becomes a problem. There becomes a serious problem when we start to look for our needs to be met outside of the shepherd. And sometimes we look at the world and we see how they are fulfilling their needs, how they are meeting their needs, and we as a church get distracted and want to meet our needs the world's way. That becomes a problem. I want to encourage you today that your needs will only be met in the Lord. Not even your spouse can meet your needs. In fact, we should not be looking, we should stop looking at other sources to meet the needs that only the shepherd can. We should stop looking at other places to be our, our needs to be met when those needs cannot be met there. They cannot be met anywhere except in the sheepfold, in the flock of God before our master shepherd, Jehovah Roy. The Lord is my shepherd. But let's go here from verse 2 and 4 now because he says, The shepherd who leads me. And he starts off by saying, He leads me or he makes me lie down. Lie down times, talks about times of restoration. Lie down may, talks about slowing down. And I pray that we would be sheep that, that slow down. He says here, He makes me lie down in green pastures now. Lie down means give the, He gives me rest. He gives me now green pastures, pastures of tender grass, pastures that are fruitful, that I can feed on, pastures that are healthy, pastures that are necessary because He knows what's best for the sheep. And I want, you to, I want, to, I want to tell you something tonight. The grass is always greener where the shepherd's at. How many times have you gotten distracted because you think something looks more attractive? Follow the shepherd, and that's where the healthy pasture is at. See, it's important that we know this. Especially when we think about sheep, because sheep are very fearful animals. Did you know that? In fact, they won't lay down unless they feel completely secure. They won't lay down. There's no way they lay down. They need green pastures. They need the view of abundant care. And, and, and it's important here because it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The sheep feel so secure that are, they're willing to lie down. And it says in verse 2, He leads me. He leads me. This is what we need as a church to be led. To be led by still waters. We are completely enjoying intimate fellowship with the Lord. And it's important here when we think about leadership because really the Lord cannot lead you unless you're following. <laughs> but what are you following tonight? If you're not following Him, He cannot shepherd you. He leads me, and what does He say besides still waters? God is so faithful to lead you and me besides still waters, besides peaceful streams. He gives me rest there. I love the word still because it talks about giving you rest. It talks about a peaceful stream. It talks about just being there, resting in the presence of the shepherd. In fact, we must learn to be still because there's a lot of movement sometimes within the flock that is not being led by the shepherd. And we think that because of activities, because of a full schedule, because of a lot of movement, that that is spirit-led, that is led by the shepherd. Isn't it amazing that the Lord said, I'm going to take this schedule away and I'm going to be the schedule. I'm going to take away the agenda so I can be your agenda. 
He wants to lead you by still waters in order that we learn to trust Him and to have peace. Waters of rest. Are you following Him today so you can, so you can be led? And as you're led, you can experience His rest. There's a lot of us that came in tired today. That came in worried. That maybe you got a call that you were not going to be working for a while. And you need rest. You need to learn to trust Him. We need to learn to trust Him so that we can have peace with the Lord. These still waters now, because the sheep would get scared of waters that were moving fast, that were rushing, that were flowing now. But the still waters calms the sheep. You see that? He lays me beside still waters. And then what does He say? He restores my soul. You know what it means by restoring his soul? He's talking, he refreshes my soul so that I can have a quiet now and a gentle heart. In fact, that word restores my soul means he renews now my strength. How is it that you get renewal of strength? Is by following the Lord, by being led by Him, by being guided by Him. In John 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You know what's key about being a, a sheep, by being part of the flock of God, that you recognize the voice of God. And I want to ask you today, do you recognize the voice of your shepherd? Do you discern the voice of your shepherd so that you can follow Him? Can you discern the voice of the shepherd tonight? Because sometimes the Lord has to take you to still water so that you are able to discern the voice of the Lord. And what is this sermon? It's the difference between truth and what is almost truth. Discernment. Do you have it? Can you hear the voice of God? Are you listening to the voice of God for direction? I, I, I want to be honest with you today, and I say this from my heart. The reason why we can't discern His voice is because we're listening to the voices of everyone else. And you can't hear the voice of God when you're listening to the voice of the news. You can't listen to the voice of God when you're listening to the voice of your neighbor. We need to turn off the TV and open your Bible. Are you listening to the voice of God? Because distractions, church, will deny you from the presence of God. They will deny you from ever hearing the voice of the shepherd. You see, this illustration is so important that David is showing us. Because the illustration is that he is sufficient for every need in your life. And he says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. The word restore also not only means that he's restoring my strength, but it also means that, that my soul, he's bringing my soul to repentance. Restores my soul, it means He's bringing my soul to conversion. Shouldn't our prayer be that during this time, all the sheep that have been scattered will come back to the flock? That enemy, maybe even us that are here, that we heard the announcement that today was going to be the last in-person service that we came out. But we need to say, the Lord tonight, restore my soul. Bring me to repentance. Bring me to conversion. Because this is exactly what I need to be a part of that sheepfold. This is a picture of the Lord restores my soul, of a picture of the Lord rescuing a lost one. It's a picture of a sheep being brought back in. Do you see that? It says, He leads me now in the path of righteousness. He guides me along the right way. But what is it? why does He do that? For His namesake. 
He does this for the glory of Himself, for the glory of God. He does this to bring honor to His name. He leads me in that right path to bring honor to His name. This is exactly why we should focus on His leading so that we would be on the right path. You see, there's only one path. It's the right path. There's not many paths that are right. There's one path that's right, and that's the path the shepherd's on. The question you must ask yourself, am I on that same path? Or are you on another path? Notice that he says here, he leads me in the path of righteousness. In Psalms 5 eight, David says, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Make your way straight before me, Lord. In Psalms 31, then he says, verse 3, You are my rock, you are my fortress, for your name's sake. Lead me, for your name's sake. Guide me, Lord. He was depending on the shepherd. He wasn't depending on anyone else. He was depending on the shepherd. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24, Solomon tells us this, Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Let your eyes look straight ahead, church. Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder now the path of your feet. There are times where we're so concerned about what that person is doing or what that other person is doing. What are you doing? Are you focused on where if your feet are on the right path? Well, I don't know what that person's going to do, how they're going to manage, how they're going to survive during this time. Or I don't, I'm not sure what that church is going to do. Well, how they're going to you know, conduct their church. How are they going to conduct their service? It doesn't matter. What has the Lord spoken to you? How's the Lord ministering to you right now? Focus your eyes straight ahead, church. We know and we have a hope in Jehovah Roy. Verse 4, Yeah, though I walk... Through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is important because this talks about a distressing time. This talks about a time that us, we as a church can now feel familiar to. Even though I walk through it. Now I want you to circle in your Bible, in your Bible the word through it. Even though I walk through the valley. It's important that we know that because it's only a season. The valley moments are only a season. I'm walking through it. Also, what's important to realize is that regardless of the setting, His presence is still present. It doesn't matter if I have a mountaintop experience with the Lord or I'm walking in the valleys where I'm surrounded by mountains and I don't know where I'm going. The presence of the Lord is there. Sometimes the best places to meet with the Lord is in the valley. Because you have nowhere else to turn. And there in the valley, He's still able to meet your need. But notice that He says this, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of what? Of the shadow of death. Where you feel pressure. Where you feel anxiety. Where you feel darkness. That is pressing against you. Shadow of death. Shadow speaks of darkness. You know what David learned as a shepherd? You know what David learned in his own personal life? That he wasn't focused on the shadow. He was focused on the shepherd. I want to ask you today, what are you focused on? Are you focused on the shadow? Or are you focused on the shepherd? 
Even though I walked through the darkest valleys, David had to walk through those darkest valleys so that he can know the shepherd. Even in uncertain times, even though in intimidating times, even in intimidating situations, and sometimes walking through those valleys, walking surrounded by those mountains, let us focus on one thing, focus on what's final, on the shepherd, right? But if you keep your eye, you keep your eye on that shepherd, he will make you walk right through that valley. He will lead you through the other side. What does it say here? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Wow. Sometimes people think that the epidemic, the, the pandemic is a virus. What if the real pandemic was fear? Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. He, is, he has certainty of the presence of the Lord here. You are close behind me. He's saying here, you are close behind me. I will not be afraid. Because God will use every setting, any setting He wants, every situation to come up close behind you and to lead you. See, there are seasons in our life where the shepherd leads from the front. There are also seasons in our life where the shepherd is leading us from behind. And he's just up close behind you and he's leading you and he's taking care of you and he's watching over you and he's guiding you still. How, how would he do that? How would he lead you from behind? Well, let's read the next the, the second part of that verse. He does it with his rod and his staff. <laughs> Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is amazing here because rod and staffs talk about you guide me and you protect me. They comfort me and they give me peace. They protect me, your rod. They, they, they comfort me when I need it. You know, David knew that he needed a shepherd to use the rod and the staff. <laughs> there are times in our life where we don't want the rod and we don't want the staff. <laughs> Lord, give me the staff, but keep away the rod. But he's saying, your rod and your staff, they protect me and they comfort me. And in fact, the rod was to defend the sheep from, from the wolves and any animal that would come and try to now come and, and take over the sheep or from thieves that would come and take over the sheep. And the staff had an end that would reach out and to pull the sheep in to rescue and to protect the sheep. Wasn't that amazing that the Lord has these two symbols, the shepherd of God's loving care over the flock? The New Living Translation reads this verse, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me and they comfort me. They protect me and they comfort me. Now we're going to listen and, and, and read here. From the rod and the staff that comfort me. From those two now instruments of the shepherd that he uses for us. To the shepherd's goodness. Do we not believe that the shepherd is good all the time? Jehovah Roy. Now it says here, now you prepare a table, verse 5, before me in the presence of my enemies. It's amazing to know this, that the Lord, what is He doing? He's constantly preparing now. He's making a way for you, even in the presence of your enemies. And that's why David was saying, I don't have to be fearful. I can be bold. I can be confident now because he's preparing a table or he's preparing a feast now. He's preparing a blessing for me in the presence of those that are against me. 
Did David have experience from running away from his enemies? Absolutely. In fact, most of the Psalms he didn't write while he was in the palace. A lot of the Psalms he wrote while he was in a cave writing for, uh, running away from his enemies. Did you know that in the valleys, when you're running away from the enemies, that's when the Lord will give you a song. <laughs> and some days it's going to be called Jehovah Roy. Now let's read verse 5. It says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You see, anointing talks about, or the oil talks about here, an anointing of the presence of God. The oil was symbolic of the presence of God. And he's saying, Lord, you have anointed me and I'm overflowing with fresh oil. And this was a reason now why he was able to say this. The reason why he was able to talk about the oil, because he was a man that spent time in prayer. That's where you get anointing from. You want anointing tonight? It doesn't come from a little bottle. That might symbolize anointing. But the real anointing comes from prayer. And anointing is not learned. Anointing is earned. In that private place of your prayer closet. But as a sheep, are you filled with anointing or are you dry? And I love that he says this because he's saying, you, I'm overflowing, my cup runs over. You know what he's talking about when my cup runs over? He's talking about fresh anointing. There's a lot of us today in the church that are operating today with yesterday's anointing. That are living today, doing ministry today, leading our families today with the anointing from last year. That is not the way the Lord wants to anoint. He wants to anoint you and anoint you over again and over again and over again. So your, your, your cup is overflowing from the presence of the Lord. In Psalms 91 verse 10 it says, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I'm so strong, Lord. I have been anointed, here it says, with fresh oil. When was the last time you experienced the fresh oil where the cup was running over with overflowing with blessing of a man and a woman that has spent time with the shepherd? In the secret closet, in the prayer closet, where you slow down to still waters. Why still waters? Because God cannot anoint. And I pray you remember this tonight. God cannot anoint a hurried heart. God will not anoint you when you're living in a rush. When your prayer life is in a rush. He does not anoint that. We must learn to wait. Notice this in, in verse 3. Verse 6, I'm sorry, as he goes on. He says, and in verse 6, he's, he's now looking at the blessing in the future. And I love this because this applies to us. We think 15 days of... of of no church, we, we, we don't know. It's uncertain. Every time we look at the news, it's, something changes. We don't know what the future holds. And he's talking about the future here, but he, he's saying, as long as I'm in the shepherd, there is blessing waiting for me in the future. <laughs> I might not know where I'll be, but in the future, it, it, the future looks really bright with the shepherd. The blessing is sure. And he says here, surely it is sure. I am secure. I am confident. Surely now in the future, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Wow. He's saying here, surely I will experience love and favor that I do not deserve. Unfailing love and goodness will follow me. 
Now, these two words, now mercy and goodness, or goodness and mercy, what they mean is steadfast love is going to follow me, and steadfast kindness is going to follow me. Notice that he uses the word follow me now. But the reason why goodness and mercy follow him was because he first follows the shepherd. <laughs> if you follow the shepherd, what will follow you is goodness and mercy. Steadfast love and steadfast grace. And notice, when it comes to a shepherd, we know that shepherds have a few helpers that help him keep the sheep together. <laughs> what do they call sheepdogs? You know what the sheepdogs of our shepherd is, of Jehovah Roy, his sheepdogs that, that bring in the, the sheep into the fold again when they're scattered? That the sheepdogs of the Lord are now goodness and mercy. That with goodness and mercy, he brings you in. Isn't that amazing? Are you following the shepherd so you can experience his full sufficiency as a sheep? Now notice that he says this, Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell. I will live there. I will stay there. Because goodness and mercy keep me going the right direction. Goodness and mercy keep me in the fold. They keep me going the right direction. Surely, it says here, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In whose house? In the presence of the Lord forever. This is a man that has experience with God. That he forever wants to stay in the presence of God. In Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. There, that's where I get full joy, in the presence of God. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you see why he says here, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Because he's learning to live in the presence of Jehovah Roy the shepherd. There's a story of a, of a famous actor in Hollywood that was going around and he was uh, very well known with oratory speech and, and performing arts where he would go and, and now uh, just give a, a poem and, and go on stage with a deep voice that he had and he would perform these poems and these pieces and these songs. And one day he was going now through this tour and he stopped by a little church, a little old church. And as soon as everyone in the city heard that this, this actor was there that was very well known and renowned and his gift, that everyone packed out that little church. People were standing all over the place because they knew that actor was going to be there visiting. And after the message, the little old preacher that had been serving in a ministry for 60 years, he calls him up and he says, Sir, with a rusty voice and a tired now heart, he says, Sir, would you, would you mind coming up and, and reading Psalms 23 for us in that gift that God has given you? And everyone's so amazed and amused. They said, Yes, please. And, and, and the man says, In one condition, if you read it after me. Would you read it after me? He says, Okay. The pastor said, I'll read it after you. So the, the actor comes and he starts to read it and he goes, The Lord is my shepherd. And with a big voice that would fill the room with stage presence, with command presence, he read the entire Psalms 23. And when he got to the end, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, everyone started cheering and clapping. There was a tremendous applause and noise in the room. The room was shaking of noise and applause after he read that. And he said, Now it's your turn, Pastor. 
that you would read Psalm 23. So the pastor gets up to the pulpit. He opens up his Bible. And with a shaking voice that was tired, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. At the end, he finishes, and there was no applause. There was no movement. There was no cheering. Because everyone was silent. And everyone was crying. And somebody asked the actor, he said, well, why is it that when, when you read it, everyone cheered and everyone when made noise and everyone moved around and everyone made tremendous applause, but when the pastor did it, everyone started to cry. And the actor said, you know, well, that's easy. I might know the Psalms, but this man, he knows the shepherd. I want to ask you today, do you know the shepherd? As the worship team comes out. Do you know the shepherd? Are you spending time with the shepherd right now? Because it is the shepherd that guides you, that leads you. And really, we want to focus on that. He restores my soul. He brings me to repentance. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil because I know he's with me. His rod and his staff, his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. When did he say? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Are you getting your leading from the shepherd tonight? Are you experiencing the grace and the goodness of the shepherd? See, there's some of us that came in tonight and, and, and we're scared. I'm going to tell you something. That's okay. But the best place to bring your fear is not to take it to the world. The best place to take that fear, that uncertainty, that doubt, the best place to take that fear is right straight to the presence of the shepherd, Jehovah Roy. And if you're today and you, you, you know that you need that burden to be removed from your shoulders. You need to say, I, I want you to restore my soul, Lord. I want you to restore my soul, my soul, not just my body, my soul. You know what that looks like? I want you to bring me to repentance. I want you to bring me to conversion. I want you to bring me like one that was lost. Bring me back. I want you to give me peace. Maybe you're just in peace. Would you just raise your hand right now? As you're, as you're, I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. Can we sing this song? We're going to sing this chorus. And all of you that rose your hand, I want you to stand on your feet, and we're going to sing this chorus. Just come up to the altar because I want to pray. And as they come up, let's, let's praise God. And let's, let's, let's you know, encourage them. Amen. Come on forward. Come on forward right now. The Lord, the shepherd, who's willing to meet your need. He wants to meet your need. Come on. Don't be scared of the shepherd. He's, so, he's just, we're here waiting for you. We're going to sing this song. And, and there's many of us that need this. I, I want to encourage you right now. I want to encourage you right now. We don't know when we're going to meet again. <laughs> the worst thing that we can do is not come to the shepherd and say, Lord, I need you. We don't know when we're going to meet again. We might think it's 15 days. You don't know. What if this is the last time that we're here? Wouldn't you want to finish it at the altar? 
What if this was the last time you came to the house of God? Wouldn't you want to say, Lord, restore my soul tonight? Because this is possibly the last time that I'll be now in the house of the Lord. Lord, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And if you come back, Lord, I know that I ended, Lord, my life giving it over to you. You've restored my soul, Lord. I don't want to hold back, Jesus. The presence of God is here. How many of you guys believe that? Amen. The shepherd is here. Come forward. We're going to sing this song. If you want to rest in the shepherd, come forward.